You can turn to Ephesians chapter 6 tonight. This is going to be our kind of base text uh, over the course of the next 10 weeks. It's not going to be exclusively the text that we'll be in um, as we look at verses 10 through 20 um, that we're going to spend 10 weeks just in this text. But this is going to be the base text, uh, foundational text for the series that we've entitled Spiritual Warfare and the Armor of God. Um, a, a lot of us in this room maybe have uh, heard this text preached before. We've read this. Uh, you maybe have even been a part of a study um, on Ephesians, uh, the book of Ephesians, or specifically the armor of God. And so uh, I'm not necessarily believing tonight as we begin the series that this text, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20, is necessarily a text that when you hear it, you're like, man, I never knew that the Bible said that, or I've never heard that before, or I've never been challenged with this before. But my hope is that as we look at this together, and maybe tonight you're like, man, I've never read this passage. I never even knew this was in the Bible. Great, because this is a, a time of learning it for all of us, and instruction for all of us, and for all of us to be able to grow together in this. Um, but I want us to just, you've probably heard a, a million times pastors or teachers or preachers say this phrase, but what if we could consider reading this as though it's the first time? What if we came in tonight and we came in tonight and established the reality uh, that there are some things that are not right in our world, there are some things sometimes that maybe feel like they're not right in our own lives or our families, or maybe we could establish that there just seems to be a lot of evil in the world and a lot of sin and a lot of problems and a lot of difficulties, and, and we don't really understand all of that. And then we come to this text in Ephesians chapter 6, uh, beginning in verse 10. So look with me there. Ephesians 6, uh, it's also on the screen here behind me. You can follow along there or in your copy of God's Word. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. So right away, this challenge, right, that, that Paul is laying out in his final remarks here uh, to the church, and, and he's, he's closing with this. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Um, this is really a, a, a special text, right? It's really an um, important text, uh, and it's a, a plea, it's a petition on the part of the Apostle Paul to those that he loved and cared for, that they would stand strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God. And so over the course of the next 10 weeks, we're going to be looking at a number of different areas in this text and uh, really focusing in on spiritual warfare. Uh, and then we're going to spend uh, some weeks looking at the armor of God. And maybe you know 
uh, how uh, these verses lay out the armor of God and you can recite it, you can repeat it, but maybe you've never given much thought to what exactly the armor of God is, what it does, and, and what all is represented there. And so we're going to hope to clear some of that up as well over these next weeks in this study. But um, tonight we've entitled uh, kind of week one the message of the reality of war, the reality of war. Now, um, war is, is really on the hearts and minds of probably the majority of people around the world right now because of what's happening uh, around the world right now. Um, with what's going on overseas in the Ukraine and, and what's happening um, even with some of the moves that China is making. There are many, many countries around the world that uh, are cognizant right now of the potential uh, of, of very widespread war uh, while war is going on in the Ukraine. And so the reality of war is something from a physical standpoint, from a fleshly standpoint, from the news standpoint that we get. Like it's happening, right? There's war happening. Um, but what's very interesting is that Paul is going to lay out for the believer here the reality of war, but not just the reality of war as in physical warfare, but the reality of something far greater that's happening that really can't even physically be seen, and that's the reality of spiritual warfare that is happening day in and day out and has been happening day in and day out for thousands of years because of the evil and the enemy that is in the world. And so we as believers in Christ who are called by God to be strong in the Lord, right, and in the power of his might have to be aware of the reality of war. One of the reasons I ask the question for your tables to begin with of what comes to mind when you think of warfare, uh, more specifically what comes to mind when you think of spiritual warfare is because a lot of times people want to dismiss this. It's a lot more comfortable for you and I to dismiss spiritual warfare as something that maybe happened in the past or maybe something that's going to happen towards the end of the world in the future. But right now, in the day and age in which we're living, let's just kind of pass that along and not really focus too much on that. But the reality of war is right before us, spiritually speaking. Uh, it's happening. And this is what Paul lays out in Ephesians chapter 6 when he says, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. He's helping the believer to recognize, to realize there is a war going on. He'll go on to say in verse 12, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. And that word that's used for wrestling there, it's a word that means hand-to-hand -hand combat. He's saying we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, the authorities, the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. And see, here's why I think this is so important and this is so necessary tonight for you and I as believers to understand the reality of war because all of us as believers in Christ that are in this room, if you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and you belong to him, God is your father, Jesus Christ is your savior. And the first point I want you to understand tonight that we have to understand is this, we are at war. Would you say that with me? We are at war. Turn to the person at your table next to you. Tell them, we are at war. Go ahead and tell them. Tell somebody else, we are at war. Now listen, it's easy for us to dismiss that because here we sit. We just had ribs. Right? We're in a, in a heated room. When it's cold outside, it's warm in here. And, and we're pretty comfortable with padded chairs. 
And we're sitting next to people that we know and we come to church together and we can worship God together and we have the luxuries of this life and we have the the luxuries of the Spirit of God within us that we know God. And and it's very easy for us to, to say that, but do we really believe that? We are at war. Because if we truly believe that, guys, listen, if that is a reality that we believe, Everything about how we approach life should be changed. I want you to think of that for a moment. Everything would be different. Already what's happening across the globe with the potential of of further extending war has changed the way governments and societies are beginning to operate. Already. It's already happening. Because when you know with certainty that you are engaged in war, things change. Things are different. Hopefully you are taking preparations for it. You're preparing for the inevitable and what's happening. Uh, You might go outside your house and it might look a little different for you if you know that there's a chance you might engage with the enemy when you leave your home. When we're at war and we believe we're at war, we prepare different. We live different. We think differently because of the realities of war. And the reality is we are at war. Paul says this again. Look at verse 12. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the, against the rulers, against the authorities, the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Look at verse 13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and to having done all to stand firm. The desire that Paul has is that the believers would understand and recognize the warfare that is at their doorstep, the enemy that is at their doorstep, the war that is raging and going on, and that they would be prepared, that they would take what is necessary to be able to adequately not only be prepared for, but engage in the war that is right in front of them. And I I think we all understand that. I mean, you think about our our military, if you've ever seen our military being centers, if you've served in the military, you think about our, our police uh, force and, and those that are in first responders, they have gear, they have protective gear, they have offensive gear because they are being prepared and they are being supplied with what they need to engage in whatever conflict they're going into. Uh, some of you maybe have not served in the military, you've not been in law enforcement, and, and yet you see that and you understand that. Let me give something that probably all of us would have experience with. Um, when it's like negative 10 degrees outside and there's snow, all over your driveway and you got to shovel the snow, uh, you know what it's like to adequately prepare yourself to go out and do that. Right? You know what that's like. If, if it's negative degrees and you have, to, you have to shovel your driveway to get out of your driveway, you know what you have to do in order to tackle that. Okay? <laughs> call somebody. <laughs> somebody said call somebody. Uh, you know what it's like. Okay? You know what it's like. And so, you know, not long ago we had all this snow that came. And uh, in our driveway is such that we have some, a little uh, a hill on the side, and we have a big open field on the other side, and so snow drifts, uh, I know I'm not a tall man, but, but snow drifts that were pretty high, that when I walked outside, they were over my knees when I would go out to, to start the shoveling process. And I had, like, my shovel. Like, here I go. I have a snowblower, but it's not working naturally. Uh, couldn't get it started. So I, I had a shovel. But I'm going to tell you, when it was bitterly cold outside, I did not get out of bed in the morning in a pair of, of shorts and, and go outside with a shovel and be like, man, is it cold out here? I should put some clothes on. No, I, I adequately prepared myself to go out there. And let me just, 
me show you what I did. And, and this is, you know, you probably did something similar to this. So <clears throat> when I knew it was going to be freezing temperatures and snow up to my knees, when I was going to go out there, I, I had to adequately prepare. I have these snow pants from when I was a youth pastor uh, right out of college, okay? And so I had these snow pants as a youth pastor right out of college in like a box. And I occasionally pulled them out if I was going to go like sled riding with the kids or do something where I knew I was going to get really cold. And so I pulled these out when it snowed real bad. And let me just tell you something. I'm not going to like zip them all the way up and put because I can't. Um, but <laughs> these used to fit really nice, okay? And they had the suspenders. So I would put those on. Um, <clears throat> I had a, you know, winter coat because it's freezing outside, right? So I put this thing on, and it was super cool. Got to make sure I get that coat on. Um, had a hat, right? Because it's freezing outside. It's a Bill's hat. I like to represent a winner. Uh, so, I know, I know. Gloves, right? I had the gloves. Now, I put these suckers on because the snow was up to my knees. And these are supposed to be waterproof. Wasn't the greatest idea. But they work. And so I put these suckers on, and I was all set. And when I went outside, if I went like this, wasn't going to really accomplish much, right? So last thing, what I need? Yeah, I need a shovel. So, so the very last thing I did is I had a shovel, and I walk outside, I had my coat zipped up, a little fool for me in the ribs, I'm not going to do that right now, and I went outside and I was all set, okay? This is, what I, this is what I looked like. I actually had a scarf too because I didn't want to like breathe in all like the freezing air because it was so cold outside, but this is what I looked like. I know it's quite a scene, right, to look like this. This is what I did and put on to prepare to go shovel snow because it was below freezing, the wind was blowing, and there was two feet of snow. For snow, this is what I did. Okay, I want you to get this picture because what kind of preparation, what kind of, of armor, if you will, do we put on on a daily basis not to battle the snow, but to battle the spiritual forces of evil that are in the world in which we find ourselves living in. Because the question is not, will we have that battle tomorrow? The answer to that we already know is yes. And if we're willing to do this for snow, what are we willing to do as we battle our enemy and all of the attacks that are going to come? And all of the difficulties we're going to face. So let this be representative just for a moment of the armor of God. That Paul says, put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Already Paul's laying out our enemy, the devil, he has all kinds of schemes. He's going to try to destroy you. He's going to try to get you to fall. He's going to come at you all the time. And Paul says, 
Be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. So let this be representative of the armor of God, okay? And let the bitter cold temperatures, the snow past your knees, the wind that would be blowing, and all that comes with that be representative of the spiritual evil that is in the world and that you and I on a daily basis from the time we walk out our door are going to be completely inundated with and going to be facing. Okay, let this be representative of the armor of God. And so if this is what God makes available to us, right? Because it's cold, it's windy, there's snow up to your knees, it's not stopping, it's coming. This is what God makes available to us. We have an offensive weapon that we'll talk about, right? We have an offensive weapon that we'll talk about. We have something that we can do damage with, if you will. This is representative of the armor of God. And yet, here's the reality for many of us, isn't it? If we deny that that enemy even exists or that that spiritual warfare is even going on, here's what sadly, this is what we should look like. I know this isn't a great picture. This is what we should look like, spiritually speaking. But what is our reality, spiritually speaking, in the war and battle we find ourselves living in? If this is what God makes available to us, and this is what our picture or what we should look like, if we are faithfully putting on the form, Andy, what are we trying to do here, Andy? (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, If this is what we should look like, okay, and this is what God's offered to us. Let me give you probably what more reality looks like for us as men who would say, yeah, we believe we're at war. The sword of the spirit is what? The word of God, right? The word of God. But let me ask you, man, how how many of us, I don't want to see your hands, on a daily basis are in processing, thinking on, filling our minds and hearts with the word of God? Well, we can put this aside. So even if I put this aside, I'm, I'm not adequately prepared. I'm not ready. But isn't the reality for many of us, don't need that, don't need that, don't really need this, right? Uncomfortable. That's a little uncomfortable and a little bit out of my comfort zone. That's, that feels a little bit better. A little bit more freedom. I, I can move a little bit freer here, right? As a matter of fact, these things aren't real comfortable either. Make me look taller because they have a little bit of a go there. Don't need those. A little bit more, a little bit more free. Feel a little bit more like myself. Don't need these because let's be honest. Is it really gonna be snow up to my knees? Do I really need these? I don't think I do. So we're good. Good. I think I'm good. Now, there are some things that I know God doesn't necessarily want me to do, but that I really like doing. So I don't I don't know that I really need to worry about even actually obeying God in those areas. So that's nice and that's even better because it's kind of hot. But, you know, I think I can go a step further. I think, don't worry, I got shorts on. <laughs> don't anybody start recording this and then stop right now. 
I think, I think, and I wore black socks on purpose because it gets the illustration of how the contrast is here. And I think I don't even really need these because those are really restrictive too. And so I'm just going to throw those over there. And this feels much better. <laughs> I mean, the temperature change right now in this room, by the way, <laughs> this, whew, that feels good. That feels good. I can do whatever I want. Now, here's what I want you to process. This is what God has made available to you and I for the battle that he says we are engaged in. This. And yet this is what many of us as men choose to look like as we engage in that battle. Do you know how different that battle is going to look if I walk out my door in this with snow up past my knees, negative temperatures and wind blowing across my face, nothing to clear anything out of the way, just me and this, when God has offered this. It is so valuable and important for you and I as men to understand very clearly that we are at war. Paul lays it out very clearly. Now, being at war is one thing. Knowing you're at war is one thing. But knowing our enemy is another. It's one thing to know we're at war, but it's also another thing to know our enemy which leads me to our second point tonight. Our enemy is fierce and unrelenting. Our enemy is fierce and unrelenting. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Don't miss what he says here. Against the what? Schemes of the devil. Plural, schemes. Schemes, plural. Of the devil. Attack after attack after attack after attack. Hand to hand combat. Attack after attack after attack after attack. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand. Here's what's very interesting is that Paul could have said, hey, choose some stuff from the armor of God to put on. He said, put on what? The whole armor of God. The full armor of God. Because we need it all. That's how fierce, that's how fierce and unrelenting our enemy is. You and I need the whole, the full armor of God in that battle. I want to do something right now. I want you at your tables. And someone can write these verses down. Because I want you to look up these verses at your tables. I'm going to give you just a couple minutes to look these verses up while I get clothed again. Just a couple verses. I want you to look up John 15, verses 18 to 27. John 15, verses 18 to 27. I want you to look up 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 through 11. 
1 Peter 5, 6 to 11, and Luke 22, verses 31 to 34. I want you to look up those verses at your tables, read those through together, share what you find there with each other, share what your thoughts are in those verses, and then we'll get back together in just a couple minutes. Go ahead and take some time to do that right now. The handheld, and I'm going to ask someone from your table, uh, first with John chapter 15, verses 18 to 27, someone as a rep for your table, tell me what it is that you saw and that you took from John 15, 18 to 27 about what we're talking about tonight. John 15, 18 to 27. Who will give me kind of a summary statement or paragraph about John 15, 18 to 27? Throw your hand up. We'll give you the mic. Okay, believers were hated because Christ was hated. What else? Yeah, right back there. Take the mic so we can all hear you. All right, cool. Don't get talking on the mic much. He's warning us. He's giving us a warning what is going to happen. You know, the apostles at this time didn't realize what was going on. But he's saying, this is what's going to happen. Be aware. Yeah, yeah, it's like a warning, right? There's a warning given. They hated Christ. They're going to hate you. Who else? Anybody else have something they wanted to share about that? As far as that passage at your table that you guys talked about. John 15. That summarizes it, right? Jesus said, if the world hated me, it's going to hate you. The servant is not above his master. Uh, There was a seeking and attacking against Christ. And Jesus is giving a warning to those that are going to call themselves followers of Christ. That are going to be following him. That is a much different message then the message of if you just believe in Jesus, all of your wildest dreams will come true. Like that's, that's the message that many people preach today. Is that when you know Jesus, everything is going to be perfect for you. That is not the reality of the war in which we find ourselves engaged in. That's not the reality of the warning that Christ gave to those that would be his followers. And it's not the reality of what the word of God teaches For those that are going to live godly for Christ Jesus. Suffering is what God says will take place. Persecution is what God says will take place. Hatred on the part of the world towards the believer because of Christ is the warning that Jesus gives and that Jesus proclaims. 1 Peter 5, 6-11, same question. What do you see from the passage? It's a reminder for us tonight. That Summarize that for me. 1 Peter chapter 5, 6-11. Someone raise your hand. We'll give you the mic. Summarize that for me. What did you guys talk about at your table? Don't be shy. Don't be shy. Right down here, Andy. Right down here. Hold on, Eli. Let me get that mic. Let me get that mic. There we go. Go ahead. So we need to humble ourselves before the Lord, be under his care because he cares for us. And we also have to be vigilant because Satan is prowling around like a lion seeking whom he may devour. So yeah. we also need to know who our enemy is. Yeah. What is Satan's doing and what is not. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 through 11 is a standalone, right, text message that you could preach an entire hour on 1 Peter or more on 1 Peter chapter 5, 6 to 11 because it speaks about the necessity of you and I first humbling ourselves under the mighty hand of God, right? So there is a checking of our ego, ability, talent, wherewithal, know-how, skill set, whatever at the door, and humbling ourselves under the mighty hand of God. How many of you as men would be honest and put your hand up and say, yeah, there's times that I struggle with pride? How many of you struggle with pride, okay? 
every, don't be too prideful to put your hand up, right? Everybody, everybody struggles with that, especially as men. We struggle with that area. It's, it's interesting that in the same text that Peter is going to give a warning that our adversary, the devil, is constantly seeking to devour us all the time. That he kind of intros that text by saying first, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. And I love that he, he shares the mighty hand of God, right? Because he is the one who is able to sustain us, to care for us, to deliver us. But he wants there, again, to be this understanding and warning that we have an adversary, that we have an enemy, that he wants to devour us. He wants to destroy us. And that's the reality of the war in which we find ourselves living in. We have a fierce and unrelenting enemy. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, Paul would say there. Luke chapter 22, 31 to 34. Who had that? Raise your hand. Let us know. Summarize that. Tell me what it is. Luke chapter 22, 31 to 34. Right over there. Yes. It's talking the talk but not walking the walk. Okay. No follow through in what you're saying and you basically crumble down to any pressure or test. Okay. So we, we focus a lot of times on Peter's denial there, right? And, and that Peter's like, Lord, I, I'll die for you before I would deny you. And Peter is going to deny Jesus. But what did Jesus tell Peter first before that denial happened? What did he tell him? Satan what? Satan wants to destroy you, Peter. He wants to just completely destroy you. And Peter would respond to Jesus, Jesus, Though everybody denies you, I won't deny you. Peter, Satan wants to destroy you. He's unrelenting. He's fierce. He, he wants to completely destroy you. And I don't know why, there's a lot of speculation as to why Jesus would allow Peter to, to go through what he went through in denying Christ, making the statement that he would make about that all should deny you, I won't deny you. But the context in which Peter is going to proclaim to Jesus, all will deny you, I won't is the context of Jesus warning Peter that Satan, your enemy, wants to completely destroy you, Peter. You see, there's fair warning, men, in John chapter 15. There's fair warning in 1 Peter 5. There's fair warning in Luke chapter 22. We have a fierce, we have a fierce and unrelenting enemy. There is a war that we find ourselves engaged in. We are at war, and our enemy is fierce and unrelenting. I want you to think about cover to cover in the word of God, where Satan was used, where Satan was unrelenting. Okay, you're sitting here today and you either believe that the devil exists or you don't. You either believe that the devil exists and is active and at work in the world in which we live or you don't. But whether you believe it or not, he is real because God's created him. He is active and at work in the world in which we live, and he is about his business day in and day out, and he is good at it. But if you think about the very beginning, Satan came and, and the serpent, right? The serpent came before Adam and Eve, and he didn't come to Adam and Eve, and he wasn't like red man with the pitchfork and the horns and the pointy tail. He wasn't this terrifying force that in the garden that when Eve saw him, she was like, the enemy! Help! Like that not, that's not how Satan came. Has God said that you can't eat of all the trees of the garden? Look at how good that fruit is. 
you won't die. God knows you're going to be like him if you eat. I mean, there's no, we don't read it. Eve was fearful at all. He was subtle, deceptive. He even knew what God said. That's how the Satan used his deception in the garden. In Job's life, we don't even read that Job or anybody that Job was engaged with was directly met by Satan. Satan went before the presence of God because God allowed it and brought accusation against God's servant Job. Do you know Satan's referred to as the accuser? That's what he did with Job's life, seeking to destroy Job. In Judas's life, in the life of Judas in Luke chapter 22, which is maybe one of the most, I guess you could say, surprising texts for people who believe that the devil exists and is at work, but believe that you'll know when the devil's there. In Luke chapter 22, Jesus is gathered together with the disciples in the upper room. And they're going to have the Lord's table together. And prior to that happening, in Luke chapter 22, verse 3, it says that Satan entered into Judas, called Iscariot, who was of the number of the twelve. Satan entered into Judas. We read that Satan himself, not one of his demons, but himself possessed Judas. And it didn't appear that any of the disciples had any clue. Because even when Jesus would say, one of you is going to betray me. And they're all seated around the table. Remember what the disciples were asking? Who? Lord, is it I? I don't know who it is. Satan himself entered into Judas. The devil himself. No one had any clue he was in there. Jesus did. But the disciples didn't. Doesn't the scriptures talk about how Satan himself manifests himself as an angel of light? That he is the father of lies and the deceiver. We have a fierce and unrelenting enemy. A fierce and unrelenting enemy as we are at war. And so if you and I truly believe that tomorrow morning when we wake up, the enemy is real and desires to destroy us, How might we prepare for that day? How might our minds be trained to look at things maybe a little bit differently that day? I remember growing up, my dad, many of you know the stories about my dad and being in law enforcement, but as a law enforcement officer, he was a police officer for years and years, chief of police, now he's a sheriff with sheriff's department in, in Mercer County. But my dad, I remember, was always more, uh, I always taught that overprotective than other parents in that he would, he would always tell me, he said, listen, I know and see things that other parents don't know and see as a police officer. And so if my dad walks in, if you ever see my dad in a restaurant, you're going to notice, and I do this now too because it's rubbed off on me, but if you ever notice when I'm in a restaurant and those of you that have met with me for lunch or breakfast, you notice this, um, my dad always wants to have the chair that is facing the door because he wants to see who's coming in. 
I remember that as a kid. I'm like, Dad, I, I would sit down. He'd be like, no, let me sit over there. I'm like, why? And he's like, because I want to see who's coming in the door. I do that all the time. So much so that if I'm meeting with someone there, I'm like, hey, you mind if I sit there? Like, I, it's like, that's what my dad did. Now I do it. I don't even realize I do it. But his thinking is different because of what he's seen, because of what he's experienced, because of what he knows. Those of you that are in law enforcement, you know that, right? You, you know those things are different. Your minds have been trained and experience has shown you. There's a right way to do things. There's a wrong way to do things. There's things that you have to plan for that many people don't even think about. The same needs to be true for you and I as men who are engaged in spiritual warfare on a daily basis. Paul's encouragement to put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand tells me that when we fail to do that, the possibility of falling is great. Put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand tells me that when we fail to put on the full armor of God, it is very easy to fall. And some of you are going through that right now. Some of you have been battling that right now. You know you are at war. And you know the enemy is fierce and unrelenting and you just maybe feel kind of stuck. Well, here's the third reality tonight. God has given us what we need for battle. God has given us what we need for battle. Put on the whole armor of God. Why? That you may be able to stand. Put on the full armor of God so that you may be able to stand. What we are going to look at over the next nine weeks, I believe will be extremely helpful for you and I as men of God who want to engage in the battle and war we find ourselves in against an enemy that is fierce and unrelenting, but with the understanding that it's a defeated enemy, that we have victory already in Christ, and that God has given us everything we need to engage in battle this enemy. Let this be a reminder for you, okay? Let it be a reminder for you when you get up in the morning over the next however many weeks and it's cold and you throw your jacket on, that just as you need protection from the weather, even more so you need protection from the spiritual battle and warfare that you will be engaged in that day. Let it be a reminder to us every single day when we put on our shoes before we leave the house that we are putting those on because we're about to engage in the elements that equally true, we need to put on what God has given to us to engage in the battle we find ourselves in as followers of Jesus Christ. The reality is God's word has given us answers. God's word has given us the answers we need to face this battle and to face it and having done all in it to stand for the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to share two passages with you. James 4, 7 says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Are you and I, question, are you and I resisting our enemy? Or are we making a path, an open door of opportunity for him in our lives? Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Psalm 119, 
In Psalm 119, a question is asked that probably every single one of us, if we were to say, hey, I got an answer to this question. How can a young man keep his way pure? Have you ever wondered that? Have you ever thought that? Have you ever been engaged in a battle for your mind and your thinking? The questions asked in Psalm 119, how can a young man keep his way pure? You know what the answer is? By taking heed to God's word, right? And he goes on to say, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. The answer for the spiritual warfare, the answers for the spiritual warfare we find ourselves engaged in every day, men, is right here in God's word. That's why we study it. That's why we read it. That's why we memorize it. That's why we prioritize it. That's why we open it daily. Because we need to be prepared to engage in a war that whether we want to admit or not is happening. And whether we're ready or not, it's happening. Whether we are fully clothed or not, it's happening. It's going to happen. And we need to be prepared. So I wonder tonight, as you go from here, what will be true of you in the week that is to come? Will, which, which, which clothed or unclothed person will you be? Will you be that person who is shovel in hand, hat on head, gloves on hands, jacket, boots, snow pants, everything's ready because you know you are about to go outside and it is going to be fierce and there's going to be opposition and without all that, you'll be a mess. Are you just kind of playing it cool? Shorts, flip-flops, t-shirt, really no care in the world and then bam, it's going to happen. The war's at your doorstep. The enemy's attacking, and you got nothing. You're ill-prepared. Ill-prepared for the battle that God has promised is going to take place. The question is not, are we at war? Yes, we are. The question is, how are you prepared for the war that is at your doorstep? For the war that you will engage in tomorrow? Because God has given us fair warning of it. This is what we want to look at over the next 10 weeks. Next week, we're going to look at the need to engage. The need to engage. The war is real. The reality of war is real. We are at war. We have a formidable enemy who has been defeated and yet is unrelenting and fierce. And God has given us everything we need for the battle. Next week, we're going to look at the need to engage. Week three, we're going to look at how to win that war. How to win the daily battle that we face as men of God, as men who want to honor the Lord Jesus Christ. And then the weeks following after that, we'll begin to look at piece by piece what Paul lays out as the armor of God and how by putting on the full armor of God, we can stand. We can stand as we face this enemy that we face. Um, I hope and trust that as we go throughout this study... Examine Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20, as we look at the armor of God, the reality of the war we're in, the battle that we're facing on a day-in and day-out basis is that God will use his word to strengthen us, to encourage us, to allow us to stand firm, and to even see some victory over some areas of our lives that maybe for so long we have felt defeat in. That's my prayer. That's my hope. And so let me just leave you again with that picture. How will you be prepared for the battle that is raging tomorrow? What are you going to put on so that you can adequately prepare to engage in that battle for the Lord Jesus Christ? 
It's not a question if it's going to happen. It is. It's going to happen tomorrow. The question is how will you and I respond? How, how will you and I seek to go about engaging in that battle? And will we do so in a way that is victorious in Jesus Christ? Or will we face defeat because we are just so ill-prepared for the attacks that will come? Jesus reminded us yet again, if the world hates me, it will also hate you. A servant is not above his master. Be prepared for the battle, men. Be prepared for the war. It's at our doorstep. It's at our doorstep. Let me pray for us all tonight. As we go to a time of prayer tonight, let me just ask this question as we kick off this series. Is there anybody here who would say, man, listen, I, if I'm honest, I, I have been engaged in this spiritual battle. The attacks of the enemy have felt great in my life. Um, I have struggled, whether it's with an area of sin, whether it's with an area where you, you just know that there's a part of your life right now that you need to give to the Lord, and the enemy would want you to do anything but that. But you would say tonight, I, I want to give this to the Lord. I want to put it at the Lord's feet. I want to engage in this battle, in this war, in a way that is pleasing to God. I want to put on the armor, the full armor of God. I want to find myself in God's word and prepared for the battle that I'm going to face even tomorrow. And, and you'd like me to pray about that for you. Is anybody like that? Put your hand up. I just want to pray for you tonight. Good. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of you with your hands. You can put them down. Um, man, this is, a, this is a battle. It's not going anywhere until Jesus returns. It's a battle that we're going to face day in and day out. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, the word of God tells us. If God is for us, who can be against us? That's what God's word says. We are promised that everlasting eternal victory in Christ. But until that time, until eternity, God has given us everything we need as we engage in this war. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray for every man here who raised their hand that they're engaged in a battle. God, some who have struggled or are struggling with the attacks of the enemy. Uh, God, uh, we don't want to give our enemy too much credit because he's defeated. You have defeated him. Uh, God, he answers to you. I think of the, the demons that when they would see Jesus, that they would just bow in his presence and beg him not to destroy them. They, they have no power over Christ. And your word tells us that Satan and his demons, they have no power or authority over us as your children, and yet they are unrelenting in their assault and seeking to cause us to fall so that we might do the opposite of bringing you glory, God. And so I pray for every man here who, who asked for that prayer tonight, God, that you would empower them, that you would, Lord, give them the strength that they need to resist the devil, a God, that your spirit would open their eyes to engage the word of God in their hearts and in their minds that they might not sin against you. And God, I pray that other men, godly men, would be a part of their lives, that they would listen to godly counsel, that they would seek accountability. And Lord, that they would see great victory even tomorrow as they engage in the battle that is before them. We thank you that you've given us everything we need for victory. God, you've given us everything we need for this battle that we find ourselves in. You are faithful. God, we could say tonight, unlike any other person who is worshiping any other God, that you, our God, are forever faithful. You are always with us. You never leave us. You never forsake us. And so, God, your faithfulness is great. Your mercies are new every morning. And so we trust in that. And we give all of these things to you because we know you care for us. 
and you care for every man who, who raised their hand tonight and everyone who didn't. Lord, I pray that you would help us to be equipped tomorrow as we face the battle so that we can glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. We love you. We pray these things tonight in Jesus' name. Amen.